Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. All right, uh, we have a Twitter poll, too, on turkey versus ham. Yeah, where are we at? It should say... Turkey or ham for Thanksgiving, Chris? What are you doing? Multitasking, putting up a poll I that wasn't, doesn't make sense. No, I, I was. Should, no, that's your name. That's your book check mark. <laughs> it's right. your tweet. You're right. Thanksgiving turkey, Christmas ham, turkey is winning. Yeah, because it's a day before Thanksgiving. We do it again a month from now, and ham is going to kick right. turkey's let's, ass. Let's remember that. Let's remember and do that. That would be a good psychology experiment. I like that. Okay, I, I, let's let's right. do that. I'll see you on Christmas Day. I'll see you on Christmas Day for the show. No, we do it Christmas twenty third. I'll do it the day before right. Christmas Eve. Maybe right. I'll I'll do the show, but not on Christmas. Absolutely not. Well, I had forgotten about that. So, drum roll, please. Uh, Thanksgiving turkey's still <laughs> winning. So. But but uh, but Christmas ham is making a stronger showing. Not quite the ass kicking that I thought the. Well, I guess you know the, the 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 Christmas ham doesn't have the drumstick, so it can't it can't kick turkey's ass. Only turkey can do the. Kicking. <laughs> you're right. That's is it. That the only right. Yeah. That's, that's you're my right. excuse. I, I I don't uh, know. I'm like I'm a little scared. You know, on Christmas Day we will go to my mom and dad's house down the road there, and um, we didn't have a turkey or a ham last year. My my mom made like, you know, what is it like? Uh, I mean, almost like a filet, which, again, I'm not trying to. I, mean, I guess I am complaining about it. Hey, mom, if you're listening to the damn show, I want a turkey or a ham on Christmas Day. Okay? How, da- how dare you feed me filet? Come on, on. dirty how Diana. Let's go, how dirty Diana. You? Your oldest son would like a ham or turkey on Christmas Day, please. So we'll see if we can get filet that straight. mignon. I with know. a side of gruel. <laughs> what about, let me ask you this just before we get into our uh, power ranking stock. Are you, um, you know, Johnny traditional Italian dinner on Christmas Eve? Do you do that? I, I mean, I really don't want to get started down this path because it upsets me very quickly because of the pandemic. We are extremely restricted in what we're doing this yeah, year. Right. And it is emotionally painful to me. And, uh, you know, we, we ordinarily would have 40 people in the house on Christmas Day and we'd had get together on Christmas Eve. And, and it's just it sucks. Yep. And a lot. And, and for all of us, it sucks. And so uh, I don't know what we're doing. I'm I, I, I well, I kind of I know. I mean, it's not the traditional Italian thing. It's not the Feast of the Seven Fishes. But I normally do you would shrimp. do that. The over under the over under is 12 shrimp. No, we're doing what we usually do for Christmas Eve. We're doing kind of what we usually do spread out right you know with vast distances between the the various you know there's like the the, the members yeah, well, you of can my do it. I've wife's seen the immediate pictures. family yeah, were right. spread out but christmas day it's just gonna be everybody staying at home we yeah. picked one of the two days we didn't think it was safe to do it both days so we're doing a one day and we're gonna spread out and that's it and christmas day is gonna be weird we're gonna make the best of it it's gonna be my son, my wife, me, and the dog. Yeah. And we're going to make the best of it on Christmas Day. Yeah, so, anyway, that's all we can do. I know. We're definitely having and, a and small a lot of group. people. A lot of people are in this right. boat. It sucks. It, it does. sucks, and hopefully next year it won't. 
No, it does. I, you know, I, I catch myself like in the last week, like uh, wanting to invite a friend over. Like, hey, you want to come over for a drink on Christmas afternoon? You know, Christmas Eve, or, and you're just like, nah, I, I can't text that. Like, nobody's comfortable with that right now. That's crazy. Uh, but, but it is. It's just a different year altogether. I've got, I've got family. I've got family. I haven't. I haven't. I've. But, but it's a truth, Pete. It's the truth. We're all going through it. I mean, I. You know, and and look, we're we're here every day to try to provide people some levity and a break from it. But you know, it it does kind of suck, and we got to make the most out of what we have. But uh, you know, people out there have family members they haven't seen since before the pandemic, and hopefully the pandemic ends sooner rather than later, so people can get back to some sort of a normal life. Yeah, but definitely. we'll have the most normal Christmas that we can. Woohoo! Under the under and singing the title of a Desti Fidelis and nothing else, just over and over again, a Desti Fidelis. That's what I'll be doing. All day on Friday and watching football. Yes. I, I tell you what. Awesome. Even though the Vikings Christmas goose is cooked completely and it has multiple forks sticking out of it, my son and I are actually looking forward to watching that game. Of course. Why not? I mean, you know, the Vikings, Mike Zimmer, you, you said it yesterday. They've had a pretty good track record against the Saints the last few years. That the last. The, 2-0 and in the last two playoff performances against them. You know, in Minnesota, that offense, it's dangerous. You never know. Yeah, I would pick the Saints to win the football game. I'm going to pick that on our Mega Picks podcast uh, so the cat's out of the bag there. But I do think it has a chance to be an entertaining game. And, man, football on Christmas, I love it. I love that we got that little element in the afternoon that day. And it's awesome, the timing, because it puts it right about in that same time as the Cowboys game on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Right? And and so so I like it. I like it a lot, and it'll be fun to watch. It would be even better if there was meaning for both teams. And uh, and if and to get back to your grievance from the last hour, if there was a number two seed that got a buy in the NFC, it would mean a hell of a lot a more hell for the Saints exactly than it currently does. Yeah. So all right, uh, let's get into the power rankings for Week 16 as it approaches, and uh, we did. Oh, what is this music? I like this music. I'm not sure what it is, but I like it. Um, Almost sounded at the beginning like the what's the song? Don't know much about history when yeah, John Belushi's going much through the biology. buffet line, but right, they right. they got away from it. See, they got away from it quickly, so they don't have to pay anything to whoever wrote that song. Hey, those, way those to go, coaches. Mike! Generic way to go on your power ranking. What? Way to go! Oh, you like them? You're I, happy I, with them? Well, I mean, not all of them. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll pick apart the things I don't like, but I'm really proud of you for your one and two. I didn't know if you'd had the guts to do that, but I think like why. I just didn't know. The Bills were number two last week. You know what? I forgot about that. Okay. Well, okay. Then I take it all back. The hell with that. All right? Then you're not that impressive. You see how there's nothing next to the Bills? No yes. plus or minus? That yes. means they're in the same spot they were in. You're right. I should have figured that out when I was looking at that last night. It never even occurred to me, actually, as I was looking at it. But I think clearly those are the two best teams in football at this moment. I will say the Saints, I think, are right there with the Bills. And if we didn't have Drew Brees in his first game back – in a long, long time and all that, I do think he would look different. And I think I think of the Saints in the class of one of the two best or two or three best teams in football. I really do. Let me say one thing about the Saints now that that logo's up. I get so many emails every week that we have their fleur-de-lis upside down. That is a section of the bottom of the fleur-de-lis. It is not upside down. It is the bottom of the fleur-de-lis. Maybe we should do the top. I don't know. But we didn't turn it upside down like some sort of sacrilegious gesture about the floor de lis to the extent it's even a religious symbol. So please stop asking me about whether or not the Saints or why is the Saints logo upside down. Um, once we get past the top four, I really was confused about what to do. I'm this. confused about and, your rankings there, too. So let's talk well, about that. Well, who would you put at number five? I've got the Colts, right? The Col And the Colts are kind of a fraudulent 10 and 4. They should at least be 9 and 5. At least should have lost one of those two games against the Texans where they literally had a horseshoe on their helmet and up their butt yes, at the did. same time yes. and won those games. I guess of all teams to have a horseshoe up their butt, the one with the horseshoe on the helmet would be the most appropriate. Seems to. But they could be 8 and 4. 
They could be eight and four. I don't know how they're number five, but who else would be number five well, right now? I think if you not just them? you just answered it though. They're not number five. And listen, Mike, I'm not trying to. You okay, know, so you tell me who. I know. Tell I'm, me who. I'm busting on you. I know this is not an easy thing. It's I used to have to do it too, and I used to you know you do it, and then two or three days later you talk about it a little more, and you go, you know, I was wrong or whatever. So I'm 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 I know it's not easy. I lo- it was the first thing that jumped out to me. I think. And I think you think, and that's where we're going to get to this, to where you're going to admit it. The Browns and the Titans are better than the Colts and the Seahawks right now. That's where I would go right there. I would have put the Browns at five. You know, one, they've beat the Colts head-to-head, and that was a long time ago, so that doesn't mean crap. I get that. But the Browns are playing damn good football lately. You know, I, 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 I don't think you can deny that. And the Titans just beat the Colts two weeks ago, you know, so – I just look at them right now. I feel more comfortable about where the Browns and Titans are as a football team than I do the Colts and Seahawks. And even that, I would go Browns, Titans, Seahawks, then Colts. That would be the the Chris Sims power ranking. Uh, so now defend yourself, counselor. Well, and, and for me, it's a very simple process. And this is where there's overlap to the traditional college rankings. If you win and everyone close to you wins, you just all kind of move up in lockstep. There wasn't a victory on Sunday or at any point in Week 15 that screamed out to me among this cluster of teams that was so dramatic that somebody needs to start skipping line. I'm I'm very careful about skipping line. You've got to have a justification to skip line. And, you know, the Colts – you might have gave seven. them a justification, though. You, you kind of said it. Like, you know, the, I, think, I know, yeah, I know, but they yeah. still won. And the right. Seahawks could have lost. And the Browns, I mean, it was the Giants. Eh, come on. And so I, I didn't, I didn't, and you know what? I, I, I just have this trepidation about pumping up the Browns. I know. Much. That's and, where and I wanted to get I kind of feel like, I'm, <laughs> I kind of feel like maybe I'm, I'm trying to protect them. Like I want them to keep doing well. And if they're propped up too high, that sets the stage for them to fall apart. You know, like if everybody I, thinks they're great, I maybe know. they think they're better than they are and they lose sight of what they have to do, and the Jets beat them this weekend. Well, I I, I thought maybe you were going to say just, you know, it, it's basically 30 years of crappiness and it's just hard to, like, really just the – It is hard. To, it's it hard is. to see them at number seven. I, I know. It's, it's shocking when I look. You know, it is. You see that emblem and the name Browns and you just go, it doesn't make sense for them to be there. What? How could that be? Chris, after they got blown out by the Ravens week one, I was so pissed off at the Browns. I, sorry, London. I dropped them to 32. Oh, I, so this I is remember. one hell of a climb I, by yes. Cleveland. One hell of a climb is right. <laughs> uh, but I just look, you know, the, 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 the way they're running the football, the way they've played in some of these big games is late. I know the Giants are nothing impressive, but the Giants did go into Seattle and beat Russell Wilson a few weeks ago. You know, and Baker Mayfield is playing the best football of his career. Like, he is just letting it loose and throwing lasers all over the field. I think just from that aspect, that would have that would have bumped them for me. And, yeah, the Titans, as much as their defense is concerning, you know, the, the thing that we don't talk about enough with the Titans is it's – you could argue the Titans have the most explosive offense in football. I mean, that, that's just plain and simple. You, know, you could argue that their offense is more explosive than the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, they're, you know, they're amazing. They can rip off a 50 yard throw and just as easily rip off a 50 yard run. Like my dad, he was going this week. He's, uh, he's telling me on the phone. I've never seen anything like the Tennessee Titans. It's unbelievable. He goes, you know, when they get down by like, you know, 14 or 20, they don't even have to give up on the run game. He goes, though, Derrick Henry could lip, rip off a 60 yard run as quickly as they could throw the ball down the field. And I went, damn that you're right. It's a good point. It really is. But uh, I, I don't know. I guess I, I'm a little higher on the Titans because of that offense, Tannehill, Derrick Henry, uh, that I feel like, you know, they're they're a big time football team. Yeah, look, I, I don't I don't disagree with that. They're moving in the right direction. The Browns are moving in the right direction. And we'll see this weekend. The Colts get their chance to yeah. validate being number five. If they beat the Steelers, then they stay. If they lose to the Steelers and the Browns beat the Jets, then there will be. There will be a movement upward, obviously, by the Browns. Uh, one of the reasons you see on that graphic, the Colts, the Seahawks, the Browns, and the Titans, each moving up two spots, the teams ahead of them, the Rams and the Steelers, both are in a bit of a free fall. I moved the Steelers down to number nine. I thought about dropping them out of the top ten altogether. I decided to slam the brakes at number nine. I got to give them some credit for winning 11 in a row. Sure. But if they lose again, Chris, I don't know how far they're going to fall. 
yeah, I, I understand that. I mean, four in a row to teams, you know, two teams you'd like to say that are lesser than them, right, with the Bengals and the football team. So that, that would be a bad look. I, I understand you dropping them. You know, this is a big football game to see if they can kind of right the ship this week. I'm, I'm really fascinated by that matchup. But I get that. And then your Ram, the Rams, I mean, I feel you there too. I don't know if I would have dropped them eight spots, but – the Rams are frustrating. They lost to the Jets. I know. You don't I almost know what... dropped them into the 20s. Right. And you don't know what to think about them. And, you know, we talked a little Jared Goff yesterday and all of that, too. I mean, just that, that that's an issue. Jared Goff is an issue. You know, the offense itself is an issue. And with the Rams, that's it's one thing because it's Sean McVay, you know, and, and their, their stats are pretty good. But to me, their offense has big game issues. When they play a good defense and the little tricks don't work, the simple formula they have, they have nothing else. And then Goff is not capable of creating anything else. So, you know, I, I hear you with the Rams. They're, they're a frustrating football team. I, can I and they dropped eight. Yeah. They dropped eight, and the Bears jumped eight. Well, I get that, I don't too. think I've ever I, – I think eight is as far as anybody's ever moved, and to have two teams kind of right up against each other where one's fallen eight and one's jumped eight, I, that's unprecedented. I, I would think so. Uh, the Bears are dangerous, though. The Bears play like they have been the last three weeks on the offensive side of the ball, and getting the playoffs, I'd go watch out. The Bears could be a pain in the butt. They might be able to pull off upsets. You know, and beat certain teams in the playoffs. I, I don't I don't doubt that. So, you know, it's unbelievable the transformation they've made, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. Very impressive. All right, well, one little other aspect I want to ask you about, if you don't mind. You got the Bucks and the Ravens at 11 and 12. I don't think there's any way you would pick the Dolphins to win a one-on-one -on -one matchup against the Bucks or the Ravens. So that was one other spot I looked at to go. I think you're a little too low on those two teams and a little too high on the, on the Dolphins. Yeah, but look, again, they all won. The Dolphins beat the Patriots, which is no small feat. The Buccaneers had to come from way behind to beat the Falcons. The Ravens shredded a crappy Jaguars team, so they all bumped up one spot. Somebody in front of them fell. I guess it was the Rams that fell, so they all got the benefit of a one-step bump. Nobody played so well that it was going to disrupt how they already were constructed. See, I don't do this as a, a grand playoff bracket as to who would beat whom right now. This is a combination of the broader picture of the season with a little bit of a greater focus on where I think a team is right now. But, but, but still, it's that journey. It reflects where they are based on 15 weeks of a journey heading into week 16. And I, 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 there have been plenty of times where I've picked the team ranked lower to beat the team ranked higher. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. I think maybe we should self-scout thyself and figure that out as we go on uh, together in, in our marriage on TV hey, here. Hey, <laughs> listen, listen. My, my biggest concern is making sure that when this all is said and done, if there's been a team that has beaten a team within the past couple of weeks and their records are fairly similar, that yeah. I make sure that I have that team ahead. That's the one that, that – that bites me in the rear end multiple times if I'm not careful. That's but why the Titans-Colts one surprised me. That's why just because the Titans. Well, but the Colts beat the Titans. But the Colts I know. beat the Titans. All right. And the Browns beat the Titans. Yeah. So, All and right. I wanted to make sure I had the Browns ahead of the Titans because the Browns beat the Titans. And the whole Browns beat the Colts thing, it was so long ago, I did kind of, it's not that I've forgotten, but it just doesn't mean as much now. But you're right. I struggled with that. And I looked at it and it's like, I don't know what to do here. Let's just stick with the everyone moves up. And, low, and we'll put a pin in it for another week, and we'll assess after week 16 because the Colts have the Steelers, the Seahawks have the Rams. They'll validate their position or they'll drop. Yeah. And then we can move the Browns and the Titans up because, well, and the Titans don't have an easy one on Sunday night. No, maybe they, maybe not. they they're not that they're going to jump the Browns, but if the Browns, if the Browns, oh, I'm not going to say the Browns aren't going to lose to the Jets because uh, two days ago the Bengals aren't going to lose to the, or the, the Steelers aren't going to lose to the Bengals and the Rams aren't going to lose to the Jets and anything can happen. But uh, if both teams win, but if the Colts, that's the thing. If the Colts and Seahawks win, it's going to be exactly the same. They're not that the Browns and the Titans are not going to move up if the Colts and Seahawks win. But the Colts and Seahawks, I think, have have tough matchups and they'll they'll deserve to be where they are if they can pull it yeah I, I understand that it's a very close group I mean we've talked about it all year the, that group there 
you know, it is good because we've had a few teams be a little interchangeable in that top four. But I, I do think that, you know, w you know w with your power rankings over the last four to five weeks, I don't think there's any doubt that those are the top four teams in football who have played the consistent consistently at a pretty high level, both sides of the football. You know, all four of those teams got good quarterbacks, good coaches. Uh, but, yeah, that, that fifth team – Whoever that is in the top five, yeah, it's very interchangeable right now. I think you can only look at those top four and go, all right, I got the least amount of questions about those teams. Yeah, I got some questions, but the least amount. You start getting after that, I think you start getting into, I have multiple questions about this team with this issue or that issue. Uh, so I, I hear you. Not easy, but I like your top four, and your top 12 is pretty good for the most part. Interesting observation from Luke Mather via Twitter. The Packers have the same amount of wins against teams with a winning record as the Jaguars and Jets. I assume that Pete Demolitis has vetted that for accuracy. Luke Mather wants us to discuss. It is true. Pete says it's true, which still doesn't convince me it's true. But for these purposes, we'll accept that it's true. Does it matter? Does it matter? It does matter Packers to me a little bit. A little. Like, in my grand thought of Green Bay... I don't know. I just, I know they're 11 on three, but I feel a little bit like last year. It's kind of a fraud, fraudulent 11 and three to me a little bit. There's something about their football team that, you know, I just don't trust all the way. Not now, but like playoffs, Super Bowl contention. Uh, I, I don't know what it is, whether it's the way their offense looks, you know, when a certain team figures out how they throw the ball like Carolina did last week or the concerns I do have with their defense in certain weeks and the way, you know, certain teams can move the ball and run the ball on them and do all that. I don't know what it is. I think that really the only thing is I look at it like this with Green Bay. You know, with those other teams we have in the top 10 or whatever, you can look at units of their football team and go, that's elite. That's elite. They have an elite unit there. I don't feel that way with Green Bay. Uh, the only thing I look, they have a lot of good, but I think the only thing they got elite is number 12 at quarterback, you know, and maybe, okay, Jair Alexander at the other cornerback. But like, I don't know if there's an elite unit or part of their football team where I go, oh, they can rely on that right there when things get tough, that this unit will get them out of a jam. No, it's kind of like, hey, 12's got to get you out of the jam. And I, you know, I don't know if that correlates to winning a Super Bowl or getting there. Their one win against a team with a winning record was the New Orleans Saints. That's the win that is going to help deliver the one seed if and when the Packers clinch it. They have lost to the Colts in overtime, and their other loss to a team with a winning record was to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So they're one and two against teams with winning records. They can't set the schedule. It's not their fault that they haven't had more teams no, with winning right. records. They've played plenty of other playoff contenders or teams that could be regarded as not bad teams. The thing about the Packers – you have to always be ready for that one game where they, to use one of your phrases, crap the bed. Yes, and that's just exactly don't show it. up. Right, right. They they just it's and and we and and I kind of saw it recently. last week a little bit. It was you there. You can give the note cards to Aaron Rodgers, and it's the same stuff. We didn't have energy today. I don't know why that is. Blah blah blah. Passive aggressive. Passive aggressive. Shot at the coach for not having the team ready. But there are times when the team just isn't ready. Zadarius Smith on set with us at the Super Bowl yeah, right. last year. Right. I wasn't ready to play against the 49ers in the NFC Championship game, and not enough of my teammates were. Great self-awareness, useful to have it before the game and do something about it. And, uh, you know, it's just a feeling you have. And, yes. And, and that's, that's – that just – that possibility – just kind of floats over the Packers more than it does other elite teams, doesn't it? It does. I, I, I th that, that's what I've argued for years. To me, that's the Rodgers effect. You know, again, I, I've, I've said this on the, you know, the radio a few times this week with certain cities. Like, when, when, when the Green Bay Packers – it's Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers come to town. That's what it's been for the last 10 years, 11 years. You know, it's, it's, it's him and the traveling sideshow. And I just feel like that's, that's really the issue. You know, it's, it's the issue, too, of course, of why people don't view him maybe as highly as I do or other people in, in the league circles who know he's one of the greatest of all time. It's because he adds a false sense of, like, 
you know, hey, they're going to go to the Super Bowl. Why? Because they got Aaron Rodgers. Oh, they didn't get to the Super Bowl? Well, it's because of Aaron Rodgers. That's the problem. You know, and I just want to go, no, at no point were they a Super Bowl team. You know, and a lot of the times through his career, I've, you've heard me say it before, I don't think they were playoff teams. They got to the playoffs because they had a guy that just overcame inferior competition or, or teams that were on the same level with his greatness at the end of a football game. So, uh, it's kind of a gift and a curse for Aaron Rodgers and his and his uh, talent that he brings to the table. And, and I remember his comments from after the NFC Championship game loss to the Packers, and he was very upbeat. The future is bright. We're going to get one of these Super Bowl appearances before too long, and maybe this is the year it happens. Who knows? If they do lose, though, one of the questions that will ultimately be asked, and I'm sure we will be one of the ones who pose it, what if you'd actually use that first-round pick? on something other yeah, than a guy right. who's been on the bench right. all year long. If it's a, a, just a difference maker who was available in the 20s, or maybe you get lucky with a fourth rounder that you gave or up a second to rounder to get Jordan Love. Anything. Or if you don't yeah, if you don't start investing in the future that's going to have these more of a, of a running-based offense for the Green Bay Packers. I, uh, we'll see. We'll see. It's, it's going to be in the NFC, a wide-open, exciting, and fascinating playoff chase to find out which team will be the second really to the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 55. <laughs> Although I still think that the Buccaneers have the best chance to win it if they get there. Let's go down to the bottom quickly because it's the first time that the Jets have not been number 32 since week three. Congratulations to the Jets. We have a question here from Trevor Rick three. Curious why the Jets moved up for failing to tank because really the objective is we want to be bad Losing continues you on the path of getting Trevor Lawrence. Winning at this stage of the season actually shows how bad you are because you can't even do that right. But, look, we've been over this time and again. The people who are with the team, the coaches, the players, they want to win. They don't want to be attached to 0-16. That's permanent like luggage, Well, Mike, Eddie Murphy would say. I, I was going to say this, too. Like, this crossed my mind this week, too. Well, maybe this is one of those reasons you fire your coach in the middle of the year. You know, because, I mean, Adam Gase, he's going to try to win games. He doesn't care. He knows he's not going to be here next year. Well, the year. interim coach is going to try to win games. You're right. You're right. I, I guess you're, you're right. But, I mean, Adam Gase has no, you know, attachment to next year anymore. You know, so none of that. It just comes to my – it just came to my mind. But, you're, you know, your point well, is real. Coaches and players, they're still playing for their careers and lives. They're not going to just pack it in because, you know, Trevor Lawrence is on the horizon. Yeah, the tanking only works if the coach and the GM know that they're going to be there next year. Just like 2014, Week 17, the Buccaneers up 11 points over the Saints. All of a sudden, half the starters aren't in the game in the third quarter. Right. The Saints come back and win. The Buccaneers lose, and they secure the rights to Jameis Winston. I remember making that argument to someone at one point. Maybe it was you. It might have been. And the argument was, well, Jameis Winston ended up not being very good. But that's not the point. The point is, that's what they wanted to do. That's what they did. That's the way you do it. You're evaluating your younger players. That wasn't and, and And more and more people are recognizing the benefit of losing these meaningless games in November and December once your team is done. The NFL cannot continue to ignore the reality that there's a temptation to tank. Some teams do. Fans are now openly rooting for it. That's not good for the NFL. And the only way to fix it, Chris, draft lottery. It's the only way to fix it. It's the only way to harmonize this desire to win versus the desire to be as high as you can in the draft order. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yes, I know what you're saying there. But, but listen, the system we have right now is damn fine. It's fine to me anyways. I, I don't think there's any issue with it. You know, we're not seeing egregious tanking anyways to where it's really like affecting the league or, you know, affecting players or certain things like that. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't have a big issue with it. Well, well, it's not. No, I mean, it's not like it's going to bring down the league. But the point is, you have this clear and obvious temptation to tank. Fans are openly talking about it. If the NFL's mantra is going to continue to be every team always tries to win every single game, no matter what, then that becomes BS. 
because there are instances where some teams, by evaluating young players, yeah, that's the only way you can do it. The GM are going to be there next year, yeah, because the players are never going to lay down. Of course not. You just put you just put lesser players out there. Exactly. You put the good players on the bench, the ones that you think could win, and you evaluate the backup quarterback and the backup lineman and the backup defensive back. And the next thing you know, it's forty-four to ten, and you get what you want—the first overall pick in the draft. But the value of having a franchise quarterback is so great. How can we set that aside? If I was a Jets fan, I'd be livid that they won on Sunday. Here, we had Trevor Lawrence. He was right there. The brass ring, it was there. We were reaching for it, and we fell off the damn horse. I would be so upset because who cares about that win? And frankly, because 0-16's been done twice before, I know none of the players or coaches want to be attached to it. As a fan, I wouldn't care. It's been done twice before. And you know what? As of next year, 0-17 is the new low water mark that that no one has done and that maybe someone will do and they'll forget about all the 0 and 16 teams at that point yeah I, I you know I do I mean listen I, I where's this Jets thing go this is going to be interesting to see you know Joe Douglas too he comes from two places where you know they yeah Philadelphia you know the the Baltimore Ravens where they had success and won a Super Bowl in one of those places without that, you know, without the franchise quarterback. And, of course, in Baltimore, it wasn't all about the quarterback either. I mean, I know Joe Flacco was a first-round pick and all of that, but it was defense and, like, balanced offense, and they played that style. I, I don't know. I'm, I'll be interested to see where it goes with the Jets. I really will. You know, the fact that Trevor Lawrence is, you know, out of the running, um, I, I, and, and if Jacksonville, I think, will take, of course, Trevor Lawrence at number one, I don't know. I pose the question to you. Do are, are we sold that the guys that are coming out in the draft are better than Sam Darnold? Okay, I'll say Trevor Lawrence is. Sure, I get that. But the other guys, I'm not so sure about that. So Jets fans, you might have Sam Darnold next year. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I really don't. I'm a believer in Sam Darnold. I understand he's been injured and hasn't been able to play a lot to really prove himself that way. But I do think when I see him kind of get a few games under his belt, like last week, there's things I like. They just need to help him out a little bit there uh, in general. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see. And I think last thing, because I'm blabbering here, but the other thing that's popped in my head too, and I understand this marriage needed to end. It was over. But, you know, let's be careful about letting fans run quarterbacks and things out of town. I don't know. How good would Miami be if Ryan Tannehill was still there and they got to use the number five pick on other positions on their football team this year instead of just listening to the fan base and, you know, ex-players, wives, and things like that, tell them who should play quarterback. You know, so that's where I just say to all fans, like, be careful a little bit. Let's build a team. Let's not forget Case Keenum was in the final four. Blake Bortles was in the final four. Jared Goff was in the Super Bowl. Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl as the worst quarterback in football. So Nick Foles. And Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. Exactly. So it's not about that all the time. Uh, sorry. Sorry for my rant. That was a grievance there. I feel better. That's fine. The whole show's here. We should just make next December 20th. PFT Remember grievance. this. If we aren't fired by next Festivus, which is entirely possible, let's make the December 23 episode next year. All grievances for the full two hours or however long we have right. when next December 23 rolls around. When the next segment rolls around, we will begin to preview week 16 because we're off tomorrow. We're off Friday. We got to preview week 16 now. It's now or never, baby. We're going to start that next here on PFT Live. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines.
I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Time now for the Verizon 5G Speed Round. Oh yeah, let's get to it. What's more likely for Week 16, Chris, our way of getting you ready for the games to come? We're going to have our draft of the top Week 16 matchups coming up later in the program. For now, let's fly through this. Vikings 6-8 and eight at the Saints 10-4. and four. What is more likely? Drew Brees has three or more passing touchdowns or his completion percentage is under 60%. Last week, he did have three touchdown passes, but his completion percentage was 441 under 60 for just the third time in the last five seasons. What's more likely, three or more passing touchdowns or under 50%? Well, I'll go with three or more passing touchdowns. I mean, definitely. I, I don't see him being under 60% for a second game in a row. I mean, you just said it. It's three years and, I mean, three times and how many years? And, and also with this. Yeah, but this is the first game he played with broken ribs. I know, but it's healed. still, it's, he's got a game under his belt. This is the Vikings defense, which doesn't play the same way the Chiefs do. Not quite as much, you know, pressure and going to be as smothering as the Chiefs were as far as at the line of scrimmage and all that and the biggest thing is like three touchdown passes this day and age in the NFL I mean it's nothing he had three TD passes last week and I don't even know like they were you know of course it was one was just the basically the handoff in front of him to Alvin Kamara and things like that so you know Sean Payton can find easy cheap three touchdown passes no problem that's why I'll go with that. New Orleans clinches the division with a win. Their magic number has been holding steady at one for the past couple of weeks. They've lost two. The Buccaneers have won two. The Buccaneers could still win that division, but the first step would be the Saints have to lose. If the Vikings lose to the Saints, they are eliminated from playoff contention. Even if they win, they have a very tough road. Steve Kornacki had their playoff possibility at 2% based upon the loss to the Bears on Sunday. Dolphins 9-5, and five, Raiders 7-7, seven and seven. Derek Carr pushing to play in that one. Miami has 150 or more rushing yards, or Tua has three or more passing touchdowns. Chris, what's more likely? Well, I'm going to go with Miami having 150-plus rushing yards, more than the Tua three-plus touchdown passes. Uh, you know, I, I just think what have I looked at with the Raiders up front? We know we've talked about it all year. They're just not that good. They're not. The way the Dolphins ran the football last week, you know, that's encouraging, definitely. And just the, you know, like we've talked about, the passing attack for the Dolphins and all that, I don't think that lends itself to, you know, three-plus touchdown pass-type performances a whole lot. I certainly see him can get one or two, but I think ultimately Miami wants to run the ball and play defense and then be very conservative with what they do with Tua. Uh, so if I have to pick one, I'm going to go 150-plus rush yards. They had 250 rushing yards against the Patriots. Before that, their season high was yeah. 138. So they've only gotten over 150 one time. They did it in a big way. They cleared the bar by 300 feet. But, uh, yeah, two or three or more touchdown passes. We just haven't seen enough from him yet. He hasn't thrown three in a game yet. He's, he's effective, but it's not like he's a gunslinger that's going to have a bunch of, of huge statistics. The Raiders will be eliminated from playoff contention with a loss. And as I mentioned, Derek Carr pushing to play. He was – the quarterback who was available yesterday for the media, not Marcus Mariota, which is a pretty clear sign that wow, he's in I the mean, running to play. Are you shocked? Or, or he just – well, you know, am, am I shocked that Derek Carr fears that Marcus Mariota could supplant him so he's going to play on one leg if he has to? No, I'm not shocked about that at all. I don't, I don't buy it. I don't. I think this is just John Gruden trying to be Sean Payton part two. That's what I would say. You know, he's trying to make them think Derek Carr is going to start the game so he can break out a bunch of Marcus Mariota runs on the Miami Dolphins. That's what, That would be my two cents. I just, from that injury, and again, I know I'm not a doctor, right? But 
just that type of injury in my history, playing sports, the NFL, anything like that, man, I don't know. Groin, the way it looked, he couldn't walk. I have a hard time thinking that one. I'm, I'm throwing the, the Al Riveron challenge flag on that one. Well, you know, and you may be right. We'll find out when the game happens. It could it could very well be that John Gruden's trying to do everything he can to preserve that element of surprise on the Miami Dolphins and and assist the team uh, to get a win and stave off playoff elimination. Yeah. Colts at the Steelers. What's more likely? Ben Roethlisberger has zero interceptions or Jonathan Taylor, the Colts rookie running back, has eight or more rushing yards. Big Ben has had interceptions in five straight games. He had one on Monday night. William Jackson had one in his hands. Oh. That would have been the dagger. And and dry, I, I thought those gloves were good. Uh, I, that, that, that was one, And that was a moment where I thought, man, uh-oh, here we go. They're going to come back. They're going to tie the game. That was, that was Cincinnati's chance. But it would have been two picks. It was only one. What's more likely, zero for Big Ben or 80-plus yards for Jonathan Taylor? Ooh. I'm going to pick zero for Big Ben here. I am. Um, I'm expecting the Steelers to, to put out a pretty good performance on the offensive side of the ball, get back to basics, not turn the ball over, play through their defense. And I just, the Steelers defense is still legit and really good. You know, I, I look at this game with the Colts and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. I, he might get close to 80, you know, and the big thing is, will Naheem Himes also have that type of number. You know, the Colts, that's where they've been dangerous lately. You might see, like, Jonathan Taylor with 80, and Naheem Hines is right around 82. You don't know what to stop there. Um, but I, I still have a lot of faith in this Steelers defense. I think they're going to work hard to make sure Phillip Rivers and company beat them and not the run game. Jonathan Taylor is averaging 103 rushing yards in his last four games. There so he, he has been doing well. Yeah. Hines had had that big performance on the Thursday night against the Titans several weeks ago and hasn't really done a whole lot since. It just comes in flashes and spurts for Naheem Hines, especially when it comes to hitting the end zone. Titans-Packers, Sunday night football. What's more likely, Derrick Henry has 150-plus rushing yards or Aaron Rodgers has three or more touchdown passes? Henry had almost 150 on Sunday against the Lions, he's averaging 119 per game. Per game, excuse me, Chris. What's more likely? Oh, I mean, both of these could happen very easily. I mean, very easily. Uh, I mean, the Titans. Like you, anybody watching? You know, you just heard what Coach Dungy said. It's strength versus weakness. This crappy Titans secondary and no pass rush versus Aaron Rodgers, and then this lack of big people inside the Packers defense versus Derrick Henry. Come on. I mean, I, I think both of these are very obtainable. I think if I'm going to pick one or the other, I'm going to go with Rodgers with the three-plus touchdown passes. They, you know, he, he, they do a great job of getting him some cheap ones, too, when he gets down close, right? So there's always that capability, let alone I think he's going to make you know, some legit you know, big-time throws to score touchdowns. And I could see Henry running for 140, and Ryan Tannehill off a of play action throwing for 350 off of that, too. So that's why I'll go with the Rodgers three-plus pass TDs. And Derrick Henry, 321 yards away from 2,000. That's 160.5 per game for the last two. Uh, not an easy task, but if no. anyone can do it, it is Derrick Henry. All right, let's take a break. We will draft the most important matchups for Week 16 when PFT Live continues right after this. Pro Football Talk is brought to you by Verizon, the 5G America's been waiting for. All right, welcome back to PFT Live. Week 16, a couple of days away until it gets started. But again, we're, we're off tomorrow. We're off Friday. Uh, so we're going to do our matchup draft today, Chris. And uh, my understanding is you have a question for me that will determine who gets the first pick. Yes. All right. Mr. Seinfeld Festivus himself over here. Uh, the Seinfeld Festivus episode is actually called The Strike because Kramer goes on strike from his job at what store, Mr. Seinfeld export, expert? What store? Actually, don't you, look. You got to get it right. No, yeah. I'm not looking. Okay. He already had been on strike. He found out that the strike ended and he went back to work and then went on strike again because his employer would not allow him to celebrate new religious holidays like Festivus. And he went on strike from and ultimately picketed with a sign that said Festivus, yes, bagels, no. 
in front of the wow. store known as H&H Bagel. She got to come at me with something. I, and I, I knew it was scary as soon as you, you started it. down the long road of an explanation there. I, I was like, oh, not only does he know the story, I he's used the whole damn show. <laughs> to promote the show today, I used a GIF of Kramer standing in front of H&H Bagels with his Festivus Yes Bagels No sign, as he said to anyone who passed by, hey, no bagel, no bagel, no bagel, no bagel, no bagel. So you're so, you're telling me the question is what color is blue? That's what that was exactly. for you today? Basically, yeah, that was. Thank, thank you, Pete. Way to go, thank Pete. You, Pete. Way to go. Thanks. Great Christmas to gift. Go, I get to go first. Yes, I get to go first in the Week 16 matchup draft, what I always wanted. That in a Red Rider Carbine Action VV gun with a compass in the stock in this thing that tells time. All right. Uh, okay. There's there's a bunch of different ones to choose from here. There aren't any that really jumped off the page. I had to, like, do some head scratching to, to be a little creative here. I'm starting with Steelers offensive line, Colts defensive line. Yeah. Strength on strength, although the Steelers offensive line not as strong as it's been in the past. They are going to be tested in a big way. If the Steelers are going to establish the run, if they're going to buy time for Big Ben, they have got to keep guys like DeForest Buckner away from the quarterback and keep him from effing up the play in a way that he's one of the few who uniquely can do it. And that's going to determine who wins that game. And I know we keep expecting the Steelers to bounce back, but they could have picked, they could have picked a better team to bounce back against than a team like the Colts that really can stymie what they want to try to do offensively. No, although we're still right. not sure what they want to try to do offensively. No, well, I mean, you know, but you're you're right. To me, it'll be the key of the football game. It will. I mean, both of these line, you know, battles, both sides of the ball is going to be interesting. But, um, you know, one like you said, Pittsburgh, it it looks like they want to try to run the ball to a degree, definitely, and. You know, we still know that Pittsburgh's going to throw the ball. That's going to be their bread and butter. That's not going to change. And and to your point here with this pick in this draft, you know, I, 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 one of my issues with the Colts, I don't really trust their secondary. I don't. And their front four has to kind of ruin the other team's offensive line and pass game to help their secondary. I don't know if that happens. We'll see. I mean, I, I do think that the battle of that matchup itself, though, will go a long way into determining the football game and if Pittsburgh can have any consistency on the offensive side of the ball. All right. Um, I'm going to go Lafleur versus Vrabel. There's history there, right? Lafleur worked under Vrabel his, uh, and Mike Vrabel's first year as the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. Now, of course, we know Lafleur with the Green Bay Packers. That, to me, is an intriguing matchup for this. I mean, a great Sunday night football game. We got two of the top offenses in football. Ryan Tannehill, who you could certainly argue could should be in the Pro Bowl. There's no doubt about that. It's a hard one. I I understand that. I mean, Deshaun Watson's been awesome this year. But uh, I, I just look at that little matchup to be a key of the football game because of we know the Titans' defense not good, weak in a lot of areas, not a great pass rush, not great at stopping the pass. But is there going to be some common knowledge there? Is Vrabel going to know certain things about LaFleur and what he likes to do in certain situations and formations and all that stuff? And can he break them down because of their history together? Uh, or is it vice versa? So to me, that, that'll be a fun thing to watch uh, Sunday night. I know that we don't like to paint with too broad of a brush, but I'm going to in this game. It's been moved to 4.05 p.m. Eastern. It's Panthers at Washington. It's Ron Rivera versus the Panthers organization, the team that that fired him last year, a team he took to the Super Bowl. This is a team that is now standing in the way of Rivera potentially winning a division and having an outside shot at coach of the year in his first season away from the Panthers. And uh, I, I think the Panthers are going to do what they can. I think Matt Rule is going to be very motivated at the insistence of his boss, David Tepper, to try to win this game even more so than usual with a late season meaningless game to keep Rivera from winning the division. And if he wins and if the Giants lose to the Ravens, Washington does indeed win the NFC East. Chris. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is. It's a, it's a cool storyline, certainly. And then, you know, with Washington and the Dwayne Haskins angle and all that playing into the – you know, the the factor of the game this week, that that adds a little intrigue too. And do we know, you know, where we are with Alex Smith? Uh, did you hear anything yesterday? We'll find out today. All right. No, yeah. today's, I mean, yeah, the, today's the injury today's report day. What the hell? Yeah, I'm all yeah. mixed up. I mean, we, we, we're cramming the week into the short days here. I'm, I'm all mess, messed up. My bad. Um, okay, my next one, I'm going to part two. 
part do. Part D-U-E-X. I hope I spelled that right. You did. Okay, you did. good. Because it's surprisingly D- DK versus Jalen part do. That's where I'm pumped to see this weekend. I really am. I mean, of course, we know that game is going to be, you know, a big time football game. Rams to that ugly loss, NFC West, NFC playoffs, everything is involved in this matchup. But that matchup specifically where Jalen Ramsey got the best of DK Metcalf the first time around and Seattle didn't do enough to help DK Metcalf either. They're, the formula in which they use him is just too easy at times. So with a guy like Jalen Ramsey, when he goes, wait, he only runs like three, three or four routes, it allows him to be extra aggressive because he's got a good feel of what he's going to do. So to me, uh, that'll be one of the, the big matchups of the week. And I like they're, they're both so freaky and so good. And they're both chippy but showed each other a lot of respect the first time because there's that fear of like, well, that guy's so damn good, he can embarrass me next time, so I won't do anything you know, disrespectful. I'm, it'll be fun to watch. I know we've got to go. Do you remember the first movie that, that had part two as the uh, – It was like a Charlie title. Sheen movie, right? Hot, hot Shots yeah, hot part shots, two. Part two, yeah. Yep, all right, well done. Uh, <laughs> you get the first pick the next time we have a draft. I'm taking Josh Allen against a Patriots team with nothing to play for because this is the opportunity to see Josh Allen come out and exact 20 years of vengeance and frustration of the Bills organization on the Patriots because they are not going to give the Patriots a break while they're down. It is going to be a potential curb stomping by the Bills offense. They are not letting up. I can't wait to see that. Sorry, Patriots fans, but it's this is very cathartic for the Bills. Yeah, I, I, I hear you there. I think they're going to want to stomp the Patriots out of existence, at least for this year. Uh, I'm going to go with the Giants D-line versus that Ravens O-line. You know, The Giants D-line, we saw last week, it's legit. It slowed down that Browns running game. Can they slow down Lamar Jackson and company? They might be able to. I don't know. They might be able to make the game interesting if they can hang in there. Hey, if they win, it makes Week 17 very interesting in the NFC East. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. That, <laughs> that's, that's 1978 Halloween. My sister did that i did not do the artwork and she sent me a christmas gift and she had that photo attached to the wrapping paper who did Chris, that what do you think of that who did that painting job there that was pretty good my sister did i just said my sister oh did. she did the paint job all right sorry yeah. i was reading the rundown thanks for of the listening show. yeah you're overrated thanks for listening <laughs> yeah sorry um, mike yeah, sister that's i didn't mean to disrespect her deep, just you deep Deep, deep, deep from the archives, previously classified. The files have finally been opened, and they will soon be expunged. Uh, That was fun. So uh, keep an eye on news out of Detroit over the next day or two. They've got several coaches who are in COVID-19 protocol due to contact tracing issues. I saw a report that maybe there was a coach who wasn't wearing his device. That's a problem. They may be down some coaches. They may have to bring back Matt Patricia and Jim Caldwell and maybe even Wayne Fonts for Saturday's game. <laughs> yeah, that would be crazy. I mean, they're they're in trouble anyways. I you know, the Bucks I felt like might score fifty on them as it is. Maybe they get to a hundred now. Who knows? <laughs> hey, Tom Brady going back to Michigan for the last time in his career should be a great one. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays. We'll see you next week. Happy holidays. See ya. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.